Thanks for joining us tonight for the fifth episode of the Skids Up RC Heli podcast. Uh, tonight, joining me as always are Frank and Javier, uh, but we also have a special guest with us tonight. Um, so for our main segment tonight, we have Ron Corey. Uh, Ron, am I pronouncing that correct? No, it's Chorus. Chorus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ooh, sorry about that. Who is the sorry. manager for several demo teams here in the U.S., um, including SAB USA, UK Servos, and Switch Blades. And so tonight we're going to hear a little bit from him, not only his personal journey through the hobby, but um, you know his take on its current state, and it's maybe a little bit about what it's like to be a part of and to manage, arguably some of the most well-known demo teams here in the U.S. So Ron, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. And um, I guess we can kick things off with our uh, weekly updates. So I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, for me, we have been experiencing some of the coldest weather that I've ever I've ever seen in Dallas. It was low, low double digit temperatures for the last week, um, which meant that I didn't fly at all. I did some simming, um, completed the, the frame of the Oxy-5, so that's doing well. And I actually wanted to get your guys' opinions. I know it's probably gonna be a bit biased, but I don't have an ESC and I don't have a servo combo picked out. So um, what, do you guys, what do you guys think? I was looking at BK, I was also looking at Expert, and then I was also, for the um, ESC side, I was gonna, you know, it's a, it's a toss up between the tried and true um, Hobby King or uh, Hobby Wing or- the, Minus, uh, Same thing, same thing, <laughs> so, same thing. Exactly, or a Scorpion. So if you guys wanna duke it out on those two options, I would love to have your opinions because I'm gonna pull the trigger on the rested electronics um, within the next, you know, couple days. And I'm still, I'd love to try some new stuff. I've never tried Experts, I've never tried Scorpion. Um, but yeah, um, any thoughts? All right, I'll take I'll take the lead on this one. All right, I'm gonna recommend you get yourself some uh, being biased as I can be. Uh, some Cal Stacy's servos, highly recommend those. I have them now on three of my machines, so they're slowly they're taking over quick, uh, slowly but surely. ESC, I run the Scorpion. I've been having a lot of good luck with it. It's uh, I've been using the Scorpion Gov lately, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm getting more flight time, but uh, my flights are lasting longer. So I don't know if that means anything. So, well, how do you feel about the um, the programming, the setup, the tuning? Well, I, I you know for for all of these things, I have the v, I have the v, uh, v control and the V touch. So for me, it's pretty much plug and play. So once I set up the governor for the V bar, I can all the information goes over pretty quickly over to that. The software is a little. Um, when you you're in your first time, you're gonna have some issues. So hit me up, and I'll walk you through it. But after that, it's a walk in the park. I'm thinking that I will definitely be pulling the trigger on something soon, but definitely will take your advice and and on that, I'll probably give you a ring. Um, for the other stuff that I've been working on, um, so I actually had another question. You know, I've I've been um, trying to get more active in my local club. I'm one of just a few people that flies helis here, so it's mostly plankers, and they kind of have a very fixed opinion of me. Um, but what I've noticed is that it's very difficult for it's very difficult for me to see this club existing in the next five or ten years. I mean, it's it's something where it's a group of people that have known each other for years, but they're having you know they're struggling uh, attracting new members. I'm probably one of the newest members. Actually, I think I am the newest member in the last you know five or six years. And I'm curious if that is kind of something that's common. Like, are you guys seeing that in your local clubs? And if not. What are you guys doing to kind of build awareness um, for the hobby with the newer generation? Again, I'm the youngest person in my club by about 20 years, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself being a part of this organization for much longer, just because I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to exist. 
Um, so I'm just curious about what you, what the situation is with you guys. You know, are you seeing younger kids? I know we had the, the episode last time about you know bringing children and teenagers into the hobby. Um, what are you guys seeing like on the ground in your own places? Like, um, I mean, I could, I have a couple local clubs around me, but um, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, they're all plankers, all older people. And um, I tried to bring some helicopter guys in there. And unfortunately, with the older planker generation, like sometimes they're very stubborn, man. And they don't like change, you know. And you try to give them suggestions and they just, it's hard, man. It's, it's kind of like you got to kind of go with like three or four people and go and bully them. Um, I... <sighs> I, I I agree. I agree with you on that one. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But that's what I see at like my local clubs. I don't even belong to a local club anymore be, uh, because of the uh, fact that they just, they're stubborn and they just don't like change. And <clears throat> it's kind of frustrating to be honest with you. And uh, I tried to help these guys, but uh, I just, uh, it was easier for me to quit. Yeah, and that's that's it's a shame because you know there's a there's a great field that we have. I love using it. It's a bit far from my house, but um, like I maintain a membership just because I enjoy using it, and I would love to be more active. I just don't feel like the club reciprocates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's just it's the same here. It's it's the exact same here, dude. And and that's pretty much the reason why it was just. I mean, I tried for two years, so I was a member there for two years. And uh, for two years, I tried, and uh, I just said, finally, you know what? It's not even worth it anymore. You know, I attend a lot of events anyway in the summertime. So, uh, like almost every other weekend, uh, like I'm at an event, and if I'm not there, then I usually go up to Chris Diamante's house. Uh, he's got a little uh, private airport that we fly at, and uh, we go up there and we just get together up there and fly. Nice. So you find your people. Well, that's it for me as far as updates. Um, Javier, what you been up to, man? Uh, well, I've uh, continued to work on trying to get my fleet back in flying condition. Um, so I, I know that you guys don't fully understand this, but you know it's really, really cold to fly out, and it's gonna be like that for a while. So um, yeah, the the negative was it negative eight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, the 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 fall seemed like the beginning of the fall seemed like uh you know a very bad winter you know single digits a couple days i sent you guys that picture i mean it, it was it was awful and uh you know it'll just get worse so what i'm doing is just um taking my time uh using my my saturday morning slot to keep doing stuff and i've been doing things you know little by little taking my time you know disassembling checking everything um, I recently realized that, for example, the 500, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, well, Frank, of course, and, uh, and Ron, of course, but, uh, well, you, you did assemble the, five, the 570, uh, Paul. Um, there, on the one-way bearing, there's, there's some shimming that has to be done. Um, so I, uh, you know, the manual calls for eliminate the actual play. So you start putting, putting shims until, you know, you, you feel that there's no actual play. But I actually abused the shims, so when I tried to turn the uh, the one-way bearing on its free side, it was not turning. <laughs> so uh, abused the shims. That's like a five-year prison sentence, man. <laughs> yes. So um, 
so you know i'm 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 finding all these little things um you know and i'm taking my time so i took it out you know i took one shim out now it's perfect so you know i'm i'm just doing those little things little by little um you know i as i commented i found my issue with the motor so um today actually i received and i'm very very happy about that i received um a new um welder solding soldering station so i'm very happy about that um so i i got that so i'm basically going to redo all my esc and motor bullets um to make sure that they're that they're nice that they're that they're you know well well made i'm gonna you know double triple check make sure that that solder is you know very shiny very nice um uh, i've been watching a, a lot of youtube videos you know how to make sure that uh that that it's steamed per properly you know all those little details about soldering so um i think that now, now i'm ready with this new machine and with a little bit of experience and uh headaches and uh you know whatnot i think that i'm ready to you know get these in a very good you know uh, soldering have you have you had a chance to um to actually test it out or have you just been kind of gearing up to to work on it? um no i just received it i, I received the box today so i just i just did the you know i just unboxed it and just checked it out and that's that's all i did i haven't even you know plugged it in yet it's it's amazing it makes a world of difference having a good soldering iron yeah yeah that's 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 what i'm what i'm what i'm saying and i and actually um you know regarding that i thought about something and i you know i man i i don't know how to do this uh, but i want to you know give back to the hobby you see my current soldering station is you know uh I guess you know, like uh, I don't know, the brand is Iaco I something like that. You know, it's a uh, uh, Ico, yes, that thing. Um, I got that, uh, and it's a you know, it's a decent soldering station. You know, it got me through so far, um, and and it's actually pretty decent. But that one, um, I got it uh, from Jason. You know, one of those uh, people. When we when we say that you know the hobby is full of awesome people, you know, he's one of them um and uh you know he gave that soldering station free to me because uh he bought a hako soldering station so i was basically going to his house and he was helping me solder you know in the beginning of the hobby and then he just said you know just take it you know uh learn your soldering and uh you know just use it so i wanna you know pay it forward so i wanna i wanna find uh and uh, i don't know uh, probably this podcast will be a good avenue you know, uh, for listeners to contact us, um, you know, someone that is new into the hobby that uh, really needs, uh, you know, uh, a soldering station or someone that has, you know, those 40 bucks uh, soldering pens or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just willing to give it away and pay it forward the same way. You know, I just got my super weller one. So I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm set. So I basically have one extra soldering station. So I just, I would just like to, you know, give that away to someone that, uh, that really needs it and pay forward because this, this hobby and the people have done so much for me and that uh, I really want to do that. So I think that that would be a good, a good opportunity. I would like that to, uh, to give it away. Um, so people, uh, listeners, please contact us. Um, if you are, or if you know someone that is beginning on the hobby or someone that really needs this, you know, I'm just willing to just, Put it on the on on the mail and send it over. That's very generous of you, Javier. That's very so, cool of you, man. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you guys guys go ahead and reach out to the uh, the show email address, and um, we will announce the lucky recipient on our next show. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, and finally, uh, the uh, well, we we haven't gotten to the news yet, but uh, you know, the the Goblin Body uh, has come out, and I'm really, really, really curious about it. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm daily I'm looking at the uh, Goblin helicopter site to look for the manual to see um, because what I want to do, and I don't know if this is going to be possible or not. Um, I want to do a Goblin Body 420, <laughs> basically. So I still have my 420 canopy, boom, blades, um, everything. Basically, I have a, you know, I have a, the, most of the parts for, for the 380 and all the parts for the 420 that make up the 420, uh, you know, in a box. Um, because I wanted to unstretch that. Right now, I'm flying my, the, of the two 380 and 420 that I have, uh, I'm just flying the 380. Um, I kind of unstretched it. So I used the frame of the 420 and the electronics of the 420 and just put the canopy and boom of the 380. So what I want to do is to take a look at the manual, see if it would be possible to do like a goblin body 420 conversion. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking that that would be awesome, you know, uh, because of the new CG and all the new changes that it has. I'm thinking that the 420 would be high, really, really nice. So I'm looking forward to the manual uh, when it's posted online to try to take a stab at that and uh, run that experiment. I'm, 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 I'm sure that that'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, we should make a, uh, make a thread on that on Helifreak. It'll be interesting to see, especially if you, you know, actually go through the process of converting it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to check uh, you know, the manual, see the parts, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, it may, may not be compatible. It may, may actually be. I don't know. Um, so, but, but, you know, it's, it's worth a shot. So at least just taking a look at the manual, I think I can make that determination. And uh, I guess that's it. Um, I'm looking back at, uh, you know, my, my 570 and 500 airframes. They're almost done. Um, I just need to, you know, finish the, uh, the soldering this Saturday, uh, do the setup, and uh, they should be ready for summer. And then I'll be, heading, I'll be hitting the, uh, the same pretty hard uh, to try to uh, avoid more crashes, <laughs> basically. Basically, my goal is just to, you know, strengthen my orientations. I just, I don't want to, uh, you know, try anything new, really. Um, uh, like, you know, I could say, oh, I want to go into, you know, uh, pyro maneuvers or uh, pyro flips or, you know, I want to learn something like completely new. But I think I'm, you know, I've been progressing relatively slow. Um, but I think that I really need to hang on to those orientations. Um, and and that, I think that'll help me a lot. So, um, so that's, that's basically my, my goal. And that's it for me. So passing the baton to Frank. Oh, dude. So it's been crazy. I've been working like crazy for the last couple of weeks since the last, um, since our last podcast and the last recording. I got to fly this Sunday, which was pretty cool. Um, um, the weather was really nice. So I got to through, fly a lot of nitro, which I loved it. I actually spit a plug out and it was paired and inverted and I was able to recover and save it. Nothing happened to the helicopter. Just Oh nice. Man. I, I it was so it was so awesome that I even saved the plug. The plug was still attached to my um through my glow driver. So I was really excited about that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, you don't uh, you don't record your flights, do you? No, I I usually I've done it a few times and uh I do it and I never share it because I almost feel like I, I could do better. Or, like if I share it, I share it with Ron. I tell him, hey, Ron, can you look at this? And he gives me a bunch of shit about it, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, you could not suck. 
It's crooked. Why is it crooked? Can't you record straight? Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was really good, man. I got to fly the Kraken, which, which I haven't flown since my, essentially my fun fly. Um, I love the helicopter, man. I tell you what, it's just, it's such a beast. Um, and I got to fly the 570, which is true and tr uh, trusty, you know. Um, I've been flying it with my regular V-Control uh, instead of my V-Touch because I'm checking some stuff out. I just want to make sure that everything is good. And that that old transmitter doesn't skip a beat, man. It's just flying awesome and just working great. Um, other than work, man, I'm getting ready uh, two more weeks, and I will be at the at the Winter Bash, which I'm pretty excited about. And this Friday is my birthday, man. I'm going to be whopping 38, so looking forward to that. No, oh, happy birthday. So that's about it, guys. So, <laughs> so that's about it, man. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm pretty stoked to be on here today, man. I've been dying to record. Yeah, I, I know it's been... Um we haven't had the most consistent of schedules and I have been, I've been slammed at work, so I haven't had a chance to to edit as much as I'd like to. Um, hopefully, hopefully once the project that I'm on settles down, I'll be able to get to, into more of a groove. I feel you. But uh, so that's, I think that's it for, for intros. Um, Ron, do you want to go ahead and roll? I guess you could roll your, uh, your updates in with maybe, a bit of your origin story. Um, I'm curious as to, you know, how you got into the hobby, how long you've been doing this and um, like what, uh, what position does the hobby, you know, occupy in your life? I know that um, as a team manager, it occupies most likely a, a higher level of priority than it does in say my life since I just do it for fun. Um, but I'm, I'm, we're interested in a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of these sorts of things that come along with uh, you being a team manager. So uh, why don't you go ahead and take it away, man? We'd love to hear you know a bit about yourself and um, and what you what you think of the current state of the hobby. All right. Well, I'm going to start off by saying uh, I made in my cratchin my cracking nitro today. So. Ooh. And thanks. Uh, thanks. thanks for rubbing that in, today, bud. And uh, I just want to say that thing flies absolutely incredible. So. Hey, Ron, so do, do you recommend Javier to get a Kraken Nitro? <laughs> I recommend Javier to get a Nitro, period. Javier is oddly silent. Um, here's the problem. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the problem with Nitro. Once you fly a Nitro, your electrics will take a, a shelf life for a long time. Yes, they will. Um, if, if, if Bert didn't get on me about not flying electric more, I, I would never fly electric. So, but, um, I just had to rub that into, uh, Frank. So, yeah, but it's really cold up here though. So it, it was only one tank. <laughs> so, um, so about me, well, so I started this hobby oh, in the early nineties. Um, <clears throat> I used to work at a hobby town USA. Um, that was one of my three jobs that I currently had at that time. Um, I was 19 years old uh, with a kid on the way. Um, so I bought my first helicopter was a Kyosho Concept 30. And uh, I bought this helicopter, worked at the hobby shop. So obviously I got a good deal on it. Bought a bunch of parts. Tried to learn on my own. There was nobody around, just me. 
And um, I, I mean, I was going to be a, you know, a parent soon, so I didn't have a lot of money. So I went through the parts rather quickly. Uh, I would say probably in like a two month span. <laughs> and then I kind of just stopped the hobby at, uh, at that point because I just, you know, I just couldn't afford it. Um, like I said, I was working three jobs pretty much almost around the clock. So with only like four hours in between of sleep. So uh, then I picked up the hobby again back in 2010. I think 2010. <clears throat> I was um, one of the guys that uh, I, uh, we hired at my company uh, was flying RC helicopters. And uh, I got talking to him about it, and obviously things have changed, uh, you know, with with the electronics and just technology from, like, you know, the early 90s to 2010 even changed, you know. Um, so I got interested, and I bought a helicopter from his dad. Uh, it was a T-Rex 450. And um, I had a Spectrum DX8. Uh, transmitter that I bought uh, didn't know anything about it <laughs> uh, so he helped me get it all set up got it flying and I took it in my backyard and it lasted about 30 seconds <laughs> that and sounds exactly I like my 450 <laughs> the very first one I got yes and I completely destroyed the helicopter and Call him up. I'm like, he's like, you crashed it, right? I'm like, yep. He's like, yeah, I knew you were gonna. Uh, he was right. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, that sucked. Like, that was like not even 30 seconds, dude. <laughs> my wife comes out of the house. She's like, what was that? I'm like, uh, that was my heli. <laughs> so from there, it just like a month later, he was selling a T Rex 600 Nitro. I mean, uh, no, it wasn't a Nitro, it was a T Rex 600. And uh, so I bought that from him, thinking, all right, maybe bigger is easier. Uh, well, you know, the same results happened with that one. So, um, but then after that, like, I was working a lot. So I didn't really get, my first two years, I probably did maybe 60 flights in two years. I was working for a, a cable company. Ron, how, how, how long does it take you to do 60 flights now? Uh, three days. <laughs> Just wanted to bring that in there. Yeah. Well, I fly every day. So I know. So what's the, um, just out of curiosity, like what's the setup where you can fly that often? Because I would love to fly 20 flights a day. Um, I cannot do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's unfortunately, it's an unforeseen circumstance. Uh, um, I'm kind of like, I guess, medically retired from work right now. Um, I got hurt at work pretty bad. And uh, I've had... Oh, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, I've had uh, two back surgeries. and. Um, it's just you know my I just can't do I can't do my job anymore you know, and uh, I was at this company for 22 years, and uh, I was a line guy, and um, so right now I'm just unfortunately I'm not working, so. What do you live? Do you live close to the field? Um, uh, I could walk there in about five minutes. Yeah, so it's like literally right up the street. So, I mean, I mean, it's just a baseball field. So, you know, but it's huge. It's, it's old farmland. So I just go up there and just, uh, you know, I can fly every day. 
So I've been, um, I've got a new, I'm a consultant, so I've got a new uh, client every few months. And the one that I'm at now just happens to be next to a very large community center. It's got like four, four baseball fields, a park, you know, stream, that kind of stuff. And um, I've been yelled at twice now in the last month for flying there. And I've only been flying like, a four, you know, oxy force as big as I'll take in public usually. Um, yeah. So do you ever get any flack for flying, you know, especially big machines? So it's funny because I've been flying in that, at that place for um, eight years. And I've never had anybody complain ever. And uh, the guy that owns some of the property over there, he uh, he actually let me fly on the opposite side of the field if they were having a baseball game. Oh wow! So I'm like, cool. And uh, <laughs> but um, just recently, this new guy moved in over there. Younger guy moved in over there. And uh, this past summer, every time I went up to the field, uh, about ten minutes later, the cops. I had the cops there. So, um, you know, the cops were calm. And uh, fortunately for me, I know most of the cops in my town because, again, I used to work, you know, I used to be a lineman. So we used to, my company used to hire them for road jobs. So I, I knew like 90% of the cops. But even if I didn't, like the cops would come there and say, uh, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. So there's nothing we can really do, you know. So, uh, you know, it's a public field. I mean, anybody can use it, you know. So, um, but I've, I've flown my gasser there when I had my gasser. I've flown, I fly on my 700 nitros. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of go up there and do it anyway. So. <laughs> so you've been flying so pretty dedicatedly since you said, what, 2010? Um, so I got back into it around two, uh, 2010. So. 2010, 2011, I didn't really fly a lot because uh, I was I was working back then and I was working a lot. Uh, my wife was in school at that point full time uh, for nursing and uh, she had to quit her job uh, just to focus on school. So I was working like 80 hours a week. So uh, but I didn't have a lot of time to fly in the beginning, you know. So back in like 2012 is when I really started going to fun flies and really starting to really get flights in, you know, five, 600 flights a year. You nice. Know? Man, that's, that's impressive. I'm right now I'm at uh 200 something for the year, which is more, honestly, it's more than like any, uh, any other year that I've flown, but it's still nothing compared to some of the guys that I've been talking to. Yeah. I'm going to look at my flight count. So my flight count for this year is 955. Ugh. Okay, I need to catch up. Yeah, so I uh, that's not bad. Almost a thousand flights this year. So, <laughs> so what's uh, up? At what point did this become more than just say a diversion? So, like you, you're you're now team manager for for quite a few teams. How did that How did that come about? So, well, so I've been flying BK servos since they came out. Uh, I was a Futaba guy for many years. And when I went over to fly barless, uh, I flew V bar. I started with a mini V bar. Uh, I actually had mini V bars on all my helis, had a Futaba radio. And then, um, and then when Bert announced that he was coming out with his servos, uh, I'm like, well, Bert was kind of like, uh, it's more like 
kind of like my childhood, uh, you know, like when you have a childhood hero or something, you know what I mean? But he was just, uh, he was that guy that, like, when I first was looking up RC helicopters and I typed in RC helicopter video on YouTube, Burt Camera and Kyle Stacy came up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, holy cow, these guys could do this? So I've just been following them guys forever. And um, uh, so then I became um, Chris Nutt and Frank made me the uh, team manager for uh, the RC Heli Hangout uh, team. So and then uh, that started out, that kind of started out my team manager thing. And then um, Gator, I'm, I'm not sure if you know Gator, but uh, uh, Gator is, he's from Florida. He's a very good friend of Bert's. Uh, and he suggested to Bert when Bert was looking for a new team manager that I would be um, a great candidate for the team manager. So sit at home one night and this weird number comes up on my phone from Florida. And I'm like, I don't know who the hell this person is. So I answered it and it's Bert. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, holy cow, this dude's really calling me. Like, what does he want? <laughs> you know? And then uh, he just, at that point, he asked me, he, he asked me a few questions. Um, asked me about, you know, how would you handle this situation or this situation or this situation? I'm like, why are you asking me all these questions, man? And he's like, well, because I'm looking for a new team manager and uh, I wanted to see if uh, you'd be interested in it. And he's like, you don't have to give me an answer right now. You can think about it. Talk it over with your wife. Let me know what you feel. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, no, really, you don't have to give me an answer right now. I'm like, no, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, no, really, think about it. I said, okay. I called him up the next day. I said, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, I told you to think about it. I said, I did for 24 hours. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. That's pretty much it, man. Okay. So how long, um, sorry, I, you might mention this, how, how long is it, has you been, have you been um, the team manager for SAB USA? So this is my third year. Okay. And so as someone who has a very minimal understanding of what the team dynamics are and, you know, how the teams operate, like what, what do the teams exist to do? Like, what's their purpose? Is it a, is it a marketing um, kind of marketing campaign to build awareness for the brand? Um, do you guys compete? And then, because I've noticed that there's quite a few pilots, like, you know, Frank, for instance, that fly for multiple teams. Do those teams compete against each other with you? Like, how does, how does the whole team dynamic actually kind of play out? I, I really know nothing about this side of the hobby. Yeah. Um, first first experience at least. Well, Ron, real quick, before you, before you answer that one, tell us about all the teams that you, you're part of right now. All, all the companies that sponsor you. Oh, just, so I'm sponsored by Exnova Motors, Pulse Batteries, V control, uh, PK servo, switchblades, and SAB USA. Did I forget anybody? Uh, uh, hobby, wing, hobby wing? No, I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm actually not on the hobby wing team, even though. No, no way. I'm not. That's unbelievable. I am not on the hobby wing team. People think I am, but I am not. <laughs> oh wow! I ever thought you were. Um, RC Pro Plus. Oh yeah, Team RC Pro Plus. Yes, right. That's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. So 
Shout out. Nice. So basically, basically one sponsor for each component of the machine except for the ESE? Um, yeah, pretty much. That's not really like, that wasn't my idea going into this. So my very first sponsor was, um, was Pulse Batteries. And um, uh, Long Vu, who used to be the team manager for Pulse Batteries, um, I used to go up and fly like at the Heli Phenom up in, up in Massachusetts a lot. And uh, that's where Long used to live. And he, that's where Heli Direct used to be. And um, so I became very good friends with Long Vu. And I was already flying Pulse Batteries anyway. And he, well, I met him at one of the fun flies and I kept seeing him at fun flies. And he's like, how do you like your batteries? I said, I love your, ba I said, I love these batteries. I said, they're, they're great. And he's like, okay. And then he sends me a message on Facebook and says, hey, I, I just put you on the Pulse team. I said, what? <laughs> I said, hold on, hold on. Like, what does this involve? <laughs> you know? Um, <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's pretty much how, you know, how it started. Um, I wasn't really looking for it, but I mean, it just, I mean, it just kind of happened, I guess, you know? Um, and then from that part, from that point, so I was flying bird servos, um, like I said, since they were released. And at the time, Bert didn't have any team. He wasn't going to have a team. He's like, we really have no time to do anything for a team. So at the time, he kind of offered me, um, you know, thanks for, um, you know, supporting us kind of a discount. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't much. And I, like, again, I didn't ask for it, but he was, uh, you know, he was just very, uh, you know, very appreciative that I was, you know, using his products and stuff. And, you know, Bert, for those of you that don't know Bert and have never met Bert, I know two sides of Bert. So, but the one thing I'll never take away from Bert is he is a very, very, very giving guy. Like he does a lot for the hobby. So, um, anyway, I know I'm going off track a little bit, but, um, I forgot what your original question was. <laughs> uh, we, we've gone all over the place. That's 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 fine. Um, you you were going through through the heli story, but um, Ron, there's there's one question that I wanna wanna ask you because I've I've heard a legend that uh, you have the biggest private U.S. collection of goblins. So I want to know if uh, that's true and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, can, can we? Can you uh, count them off? Count them off. This is this is the greatest. This is the greatest thing ever. Um, say how many? How many three? How many fireballs you have? How many? Many comics you have? How many three eighties you have? How many five hundreds you have? How many five seventies you have? And just how many seven hundreds you have? All right. How many nitros you have? Well, so I mean that's a lot. I mean, I could, so I used to have six 380s. So I have five now because um, remember when that fire stuff happened in California? Well, this guy, Mike Kelly Smith, lost all his stuff. And I sent him one of my 380s, ready to go, fully, fully outfitted with a Neo and a V control. And I shipped it all to him and gave it to him for nothing because I felt bad for what happened to him. So. I'm down to five three eighties. So 
Uh, I have, I don't know, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, five seventies. Um, one, two, three, four, four, five hundreds, two, four twenties, um, nitros, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six plus the, well, seven now because I have the Kraken Nitro. Uh, a 653 blade, uh, 700s. Uh, I think I have a total of 18 700s or 20, one of those two. Wait, <laughs> so 18 700s? I think so. I think it's like 18. <laughs> Hold on, let me try to count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Sorry, 22 700s. Have you, have you considered opening a museum? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, so hold on. That's 22 700s. That's not my 770s. I have two 770s. Nitro, what are you? Sorry, my dog. Nitro, would you move? Why did you just knock my garbage can over? Oh, I'm going to kill you. You leave leave this in the recording, please. Leave this in the episode. This is great. Oh my god, Nitro. I'm gonna beat you, dude. I can't believe this dog. I love that your dog's name is Nitro. Sorry. <laughs> yes, sorry. Oh my god. He just like came over and like tipped my whole garbage can all on the floor. Like, why would he do that? Okay, so this begs the this begs to ask the question here. How much flight time do these guys get? So if you've got 30 plus helis or 40 <laughs> so I, I know that mentally i um start forgetting the setups and the, the state of completion and you know x number of other factors that you can forget about a heli spreadsheet spreadsheet buddy well i mean i i, I do that too but <laughs> at that point i start forgetting to update the spreadsheets <laughs> okay all right, so yeah, how much flight time do these guys get? <clears throat> so my nitros get the most flight time because I'm a nitro guy. So I do, I do have a, a nitro that is kind of a, a shelf girl, uh, but she does get flown once a month. But so, see, I did so many changes. Like my first original 700 competition is now my orange speed helicopter. Um, well, that's got like 300 flights on it. So, but most of my helis, I would say, has, I would say the least amount of flight other than my shelf USA edition that sits on the stand, uh, which does not get flown at all. I would say minimum, probably 30 flights is the minimum I have. There's just, there's just so many questions about logistics that I have for, for this. Um. There, so I, I, I was in, I was in, the, I was in the, the heli emporium, what I like to call it in two years ago right and it has grown like what 40 percent from last time i was there yeah and he had other brands in there as well but it was it's the only way i can exp explain it to somebody it's uh ron's helicopter room it's like the first time you go to a strip club you're like 16 or 17 years old yeah it's like that it's that's, that's the best <laughs> way to explain it to somebody. Uh, <clears throat> you never knew they looked like that they had never that many. Do you think you could furnish our listeners a uh, a photograph, Ron? 
of said hobby room? I don't know if you have one just like offhand, maybe not something like current or anything, but I don't know if you've ever taken, ever tried to take a photo of all your helis in one spot before. I actually, um, well, I have actually a couple of pictures that I took. Uh, the problem was I got tired of walking in and out of the house to put them outside. So I had like 30 of them out there. I'm like, all right, that's enough. It, it was just too much. <laughs> what we got to do is take, all, take you know, you, how you have your basement and then you have your room. Put them all out of your room, take a picture of the room, and then put them all back in your room, then take a picture. Yeah. That would be, that would yeah. be a great photo. So I built, so I have these shelves on the wall. So like I have absolutely zero wall space on any of my walls for anything. Like every square inch footage of every wall space in my entire room is, I mean, it has a helicopter on it. My collection has grown, you know, because the Habit came out and the Kraken came out and the Drake came out. So I have a Drake now, a Havoc now. I have two Speed helicopters now that I didn't have before. I have two more Kyle Stacy editions that I didn't have before when Frank was here. I have three 570s that I didn't have before when Frank was here. Do you um do you buy any other helicopters and fly, or just is it just goblins for you? Um, um, so, so I, if you can't, if you can't answer that, if you, if you can't answer that, we can skip to the next one. <laughs> no, it's just goblins. Of course. <laughs> of course. Why would you Obviously. buy anything else? Right. <laughs> right. Of course. It's just goblins. All right. So moving on. <laughs> Great question. Great question. I love the ones where we, when we peg Fraun against himself, but he can't say anything. <laughs> <clears throat> so. This is um, this is something that I was curious about. I know Javier, um, you know, you and I had mentioned that we maybe would talk a bit about this in this episode. Uh, the concept of sponsorship in general is uh, is I'm, I'm actually very curious about how this works. So, you know, we kind of got into a little bit about uh, you know all the different teams that you guys fly for, and so what is what does sponsorship entail? Is it um, you are a brand ambassador? Um, and again, like I'm very curious about the whole competition thing. Is that is that where the the team dynamic comes into play more than anything, or is it really just being a, a, a spokesman for the brand? You know, I think it's kind of different nowadays than it was like, you know, earlier days. Um, you know, I think earlier days, uh, you know, it was a little bit different. I think uh, manufacturers back in the day kind of went just for the talent only, you know? Uh, but that was also when the, uh, the hobby was at a better state, right? So, like, you know, there were all these brands were producing five or six helicopters a year, and uh, uh, the hobby was very active, you know. A lot of people say that the hobby is on the decline or, you know, um, or dying, which I don't agree with that. But so I just think that um, it's changed the way it was to the way it is now, right? So, um, I'm very selective on, on, you know, my team pilots. So I don't just, you know, because you fly uh, a goblin, I, I don't just say, okay, you know, you know, that makes you qualified for, um, you know, position on my team. You know, it's, um, I'm just very selective. You know, I like to make sure. So flying style, your flying ability, 
that's like 5% of it, right? Because, I mean, listen. Thank God for that. <laughs> I'm... I mean, listen, I, uh, you know, I have a Kyle Stacey on my team. You know, I have a Justin Cook on my team. I have a Todd Dudek, Burt Camera. You know, I got, you know, I mean, there's so many great pilots on my team, right? And I always use Kyle as an example, right? Uh, there's not many Kyles, you know, in the hobby, right? So, you know, so Kyle just, you know, he's, you know, he's a different breed. So flying style I mean, your flying ability, I mean, if you can hover, you could do circuits, uh, and you're, you, you know, you're trying to grow and get better, I mean, I mean, that's great, you know, but it's more of you're being the face of a company, right? So my job as a team, you know, my job as a team manager is to protect Bert and his brands, right? So, you know, that's my job, right? So I have to be on top of that, right? <clears throat> I got to make sure my team guys are, are uh, you know, not, not conducting themselves in a, um, you know, in a bad way, not talking bad about the brand, not uh, giving people false information, you know, uh, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So my whole job and what I do and I do it on a daily basis is, you know, social media is huge, right? And there's more exposure on social media than there is anywhere else. Now, I also have some, some team guys that aren't really big on social media, but they do other things, right? So that's also something that I look at, right? So, you know, I look at, I look at how they, you know, how they talk to people. So, I go on Facebook and see like if somebody puts a post up about something and I just see how this guy, like, okay, if I'm interested in you, Paul, right. <clears throat> and you have goblins, you fly goblins, you know how they are. So somebody asks you a question about a goblin and then, you know, you answer them, you know, or you didn't know the answer. So you said, well, let me find out the answer or whatever. I just look how, how you interact with that person. Right. So, if you interact with that with that person in a very respectful way and a very professional way, whether you know the answer or don't know the answer, right? You know that plays a big, huge role into it. You know, I mean, again, it's not just about flying. You know, because that's okay. a little bit of it. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> no, it's, it's very enlightening. Um, do you guys do team competitions, or is that not as much of a, not really much of a thing? You, you you'll do. But like the battle of the brands kind of stuff. Does it, does everybody on your team fly or no, are some people? No. So usually the way that works is usually like the battle of the brands, you only allow one pilot, uh, you know, per brand. Right. So like at this past year at Urcha, we have in the battle of brands, Kyle flew for SAB. And I think Justin flew for BK hobbies or BK servo, whatever it was, you know, um, you know, so it's only one pilot per brand, you know, one pilot per brand. Gotcha. You know, one flight. And what do you That's um it. I guess is there what what do you expect out of your um out of your out of your pilots? I mean, are they expected to attend a certain number of events a year? Um be have a certain level of visibility in the hobby? Like what um or is it kind of an unspoken rule? Oh oh it's spoken. It's, it's very it's very clear to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, no, it's is it written? written. Not, not just spoken, is it yeah. written? I mean, <laughs> 
I'm, I mean, it's in the contract, you know, um, you know, it's in the contract about, you know, don't, you know, doing certain things, you know, um, but do we flex and are we flexible about it? Yeah. Cause like I said, like everybody's different, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I said, I got guys that aren't really big on social media, but they do other things, you know what I mean? Like at events, you know? So, okay. They might not be big on social media, but when they go to events, they're building helicopters for people. They're test flying stuff for people. They're doing this for people. You know what I mean? Do we really hold you to that? No, not really. I mean, we like to see people attend events because it's big. Um, because if, if people stop attending events, this hobby is going to die, you know, because that's, you know, cause that's what keeps the hobby going, you know, is the events. And I can't stress this enough to anybody, like not just team guys, like anybody that's kind of big into the hobby. Like, you know, you know, you got to attend events, dude. Like, and I was just like, so I was this way when, I remember my first event I went to and uh, it was up in Rochester and that's when I met Kyle and, uh, and I was so nervous, dude. Like I was scared. Like I, dude, I don't even think I brought a helicopter out of my car, dude. Cause I was like, just scared. Like I didn't want to go fly in front of all these people. You know, I was like, Oh no, this is scary. Hell no. I'm not doing this. You know, it becomes very intimidating, but the only advice I can give to people that have never attended an event is this hobby is, it's not just a hobby, dude. It's more of a family. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, the people in the hobby, like, it's a very, it's a very non, you know, very non-judgmental hobby. You know what I mean? Like, people don't care how you fly. Like, Kyle Stacy doesn't care how you fly. He just wants to see you fly. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't care. Bert doesn't care how good you are. He just wants to see you fly and contribute to the hobby. That's all he cares about, you know? And I, I'm sure I could speak for a lot of the pros, like a Ben Stork or a Mitch Morosis, you know? Um, you know, these guys don't care. You know, they just want to see people fly, you know? Because to get in the level of a Kyle or Bert or Kyle Dahl or Mitch Morosis, l- listen, I give these guys a ton of credit. These guys have dumped tremendous amount of time in this hobby to get to be where they're at. Now, some of them might be just, you know, they just, uh, they just have it. You know what I mean? They're just like, you know, they're just gifted with an ability to be really good, you know, but I know other guys that have really worked, you know, and these guys deserve it, dude. Like these guys deserve who they are. You know, they deserve it. Like without a doubt. Well, it's, it's cool to, to, to hear that, you know, because I know that there's a ton of people out there that see the level of skill between where they're at and where someone like Kyle Stacy's at. And it's hugely intimidating. Um, and, you know, at that point, you kind of just work on your own. You don't attend events. You kind of lurk on the forums. And I know there's a lot of people out there like that because I was like that for years um, before I decided to actually become a part of, you know, just meeting new people, becoming part of the community. And it's if you think about how small the hobby actually is, you know, think about every single person who's active in the hobby right now, you could probably fit them into a large convention center in the world, right? Like there's not that many of us. And so to be that interested in the hobby and not, not attend events is something that I've struggled with. And I'm definitely 
you know, I, I know that we had talked about this on the show earlier. Um, we're going to try to make a commitment to, to be at more events just because of that. You know, it's a, it's a very small hobby yeah, and there's right. we need as many exactly. of us as we can get. <laughs> no, exactly. And I agree. And I mean, I mean, guys, you know, I can go on and on. Like I remember being up at Rochester my first time and saw Chris Diamante, like the kid could barely hover. Like he, he was freaking out hovering. Right. Uh, the, you know, the following, I didn't really know him that well, you know, back then. And then uh, the following year I see him and this dude is like nasty 3D on the deck. I'm like, huh, where the hell did this kid come from? Are you kidding me? You know, but, you know, the kid flew every day, practice, 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 flew every day, practice, practice, practice. And again, you know, you know he's another one of those kids, uh, guys, you know, kids. Oh, I mean, shit, they're all kids to me, but, you know. Um, you know, so it's just, um, you know, but I can tell you this, though, because so I started this hobby back. I started this hobby back up again when I was 40 years old. Right. So I'm 48 now. And I got to tell you, the last two years of this hobby, I have dedicated myself to practice. And I got to tell you, like, yes, it's taken me a little bit longer than it would be if I was 20 or 18 or 16. but. I can tell you this, and I remember Bert saying this a while ago. I think he made a post on on Facebook one time about, um, you know, about being too old or something like that and fine. But let me tell you something. If you put the work in and you really want to get better and you work at it, it will happen. I'm just telling you that right now. It will definitely happen because my last two years has been crazy, like just crazy practice. Like there's not a – there's not an orientation that scares me right now. I could do any orientation. It doesn't matter what it is. That is a level that I'm oh. hoping to get to soon. Not quite there yet. One thing that comes to mind is, um, is Javier. I mean, you know, like I remember watching some of his, I've seen some of his earlier videos that he's posted on YouTube and now the stuff that he's doing now, um, you know, every time we talk, he's like, I've been simming, 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 flying, flying, flying. And like Javier, man, you've gotten really, really good in a very short amount of time. And it's it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see because you know when when you make a big when you have a big crash like the ones that you're preparing now, the ones that I've had recently, it's it's enough that if you don't have a plan in place to deal with it, it can just throw your whole it can just throw, throw your whole thing off. And you know I've I've quit the hobby several times because yeah, of yeah, just massive crashes that that's I didn't want to deal point. with. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it can be it can be discouraging, but you know it it it. Uh, it's hard to understand, I guess, um, at the beginning of the hobby, you know, that you spend this much time into a machine and then, you know, five seconds and it completely destroys itself. And then you've got a huge crash bill and, you know, a lot of time to repair. But, um, but you know, as, as time goes by, you figure out that, you know, you're, you're learning a lot. You know, now that I'm taking my time, um, you know, and and yes, I feel bummed, you know, that there's, you know, several months that I can, cannot fly. But, you know, I appreciate that time that allows me to learn a little bit more. You know, I'm going to uh, practice uh, soldering skills. Uh, I've been, you know, finding other nuances on my, on my helicopters that I hadn't found. You know, I, I just haven't seen because I wanted to assemble stuff and uh, get out to fly, you know. So um so yeah it's 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 it, it's a lot a, a lot of things that make this hobby great you know um and and crashing may seem like like a very bad thing at first 
but you learn a ton about it. And as you progress, you, you, you crash less and each crash, uh, you know, you learn a lot more about it. Uh, and there comes a point where your crashes, you know, are very far off in between and you're able to, you, you know, say, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll, I crash and usually you have more than one heli, of course, not 50, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, more than one, and then you can, um, you know, continue flying. You don't have, you don't have to be stopped. And even like you said, Paul, you know, there's the simulator, you know, I cannot go fly out because of the weather, but I can go and crash myself, you know, very happily because uh, I, I'm simming and, you know, I can feel how I'm, I'm definitely improving. You know, I'm, I'm doing some crazy stuff that I'm, I sometimes, you know, land the helicopter in the, in the sim and I said, how the hell was I able to do that and not crash? <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, yeah, the t stick time gets your orientations, gets you there and uh, crashing is part of the hobby, but you can always learn from it. My theory behind that is if you're not crashing, you're not trying. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I look at it because I don't really crash a lot. Usually when I do, it's very, 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 very spectacular. Um, so. Tell a story about your inverted auto. Well, that was a disaster. <laughs> okay. So I was at, so there was this big thing with my buddy Drew that flies with me here in, uh, in my town or, you know, by me, Drew and Derek Jekas. So Derek Jekas flies for a line. Drew at the time was flying for Synergy. He does not, he's not sponsored anymore now. So, and Drew kept telling me, he's like, dude, you're going to do an inverted auto at, uh, at the, uh, at the Phenom. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, dude. He's like, no, you are. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you are. Whatever. So we go up there, we're flying, I'm flying. I have my N7. Mind you, this is before I was team SAB USA manager. So just to clear the air. <laughs> so, Somewhere, no one's going to say anything. So I fly my N7, and uh, he's like, all right, let's go. So now, meanwhile, Derek and Drew are on the microphone telling everybody that I'm going to attempt my first inverter auto. So mind you, I have not practiced this. I have never done one. This is the first time I'm doing this in front of 150 people right now watching me. So I go up, and... I uh, don't really know exactly how I'm going to approach the inverted auto, but so I go up and I'm, my plan was to come back to go up and just come backwards and then shut it off and then roll over early, like up high and then just come down and do a regular auto. That was game plan. Okay. In my brain. So I do fly V control. So I go up. And I go right the motor off. So completely bypass. So for, the, for those that don't know, when you go to motor off, you have no bailout. So if you go up one click to motor idle, that's your bailout. So I went right to motor off. So there was no getting out of it. Like I hit motor off and the heli, I, we all just watched the heli fall from about 60 feet up, straight down. And it literally fell, landed on the head, and then bounced over on the scale. Almost like it was a perfect inverted auto, except it was complete boshed inverted auto. You know, to say something about, about that guy, Drew, 
uh, he, he got me to do my first auto at Rochester like, three years ago <laughs> with my N7 at the time. So, Drew, <laughs> thank you for doing that, man. Yeah, so use, like I said, I don't, um, like I crash more now than I did like three years ago because I, I'm doing more stuff now. Like I'm, I'm kind of pushing the envelope like all the time I go out and fly, like constantly pushing the envelope. So, and um, so now I crash a little bit more. <laughs> um, but like I said, usually when I crash, it's usually very, very, very spectacular. Like no hold involved, no motor off involved. Usually if it goes in, it's going in under full power. <laughs> And that's usually the way it goes in. Yes, the best way is when you can't reuse a single piece. <laughs> yes, it, it, yes, yeah. It's just it's just much easier that way. So uh, if you ask if you ask Frank how many, so he asked me for some parts one time for a five seventy, and um, this was two kits that I had rekitted, two five seventies that I had rekitted, and I had parts left over, and I put them all in the box and sent them all to Frank. And Frank's like, dude, really? I think I, I think I asked you if you had um, an arm grip or something like that, right? No, no, no. What it was, so this is how me and Ron kind of met. Ron telling Ron selling some um, some Goblin five hundred booms, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, I need booms. I always need extra parts. I'm always crashing, and that's back when I used to have my five hundred. And I was like, Ron, you know, uh, um, yeah. And I, I read his ad wrong. I was like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take one of the booms. I'll send you the money. He's like, no, no, no. That's for everything you see. It was like dirt cheap. I'm like, oh, okay. And then we, we kind of like met through that, right? That's how we kind of all began. And one day I posted, hey, does anybody have a blade holder? Because I lost mine. And Ron's like, dude, I got you. Don't worry about it. He sends me a message like a like a day or two later. Hey, you have a 570? He's like, I was like, yeah, I do. Okay, cool, cool. And I was like, I was just like a blade holder, right? He sends me like five blade holders, uh, all the head assembly, swash, bunch of metal parts on the 570. I'm like, um, Ron, you want a little nuts there, buddy, didn't you? He's like, oh, you'll use it. You'll get a use out of it. I'm like, okay, well, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so so going back to those parts those parts were actually 2570 rekits so i just went through and all i did was pick out the good parts which there wasn't very many of them i picked out the good parts i put them in a band and i just ordered a brand new 570k it was just easier that way <laughs> so i have currently 52 goblins right now but if you add up all my rekits I'm probably up to like 70 or 80 of them because I didn't count those. Um, like I never counted all the ones that I rekitted. I never counted all those because those it's, it's a goner at that point. Okay. Now I have to, I do have to ask what, what does one do with six versions of the same helicopter? Because I have, you know, I have three versions of, uh, of like, I've got three oxy fours, for instance, um, one in a box, one ready to go. And then one partial, partially completed what do you do with six all ready to go um is it because of a potential crash scenario so you can loan them out are you experimenting with different setups um do you just like building them 
Um, well, uh, yeah, I do like building them. <laughs> um, <laughs> All of the above. Why? Because I can. Oh, that, that, and that is a perfectly valid reason. Um, I didn't know if you liked um, looking at different setups for each helicopter and like each one of them is doing something specific or if they're literally set up all exactly Well, the same. it's funny because every one of my Gobbinitras is set up exactly the same way. Everyone flies pretty much identical. And the reason why I have so many of them is because when I went to a fun fly, I would bring four of them because I always anticipating at least two of them going in. So, like, I'm not one of those guys that, like, get sourpuss when you crash because anybody that's in this hobby knows that crashing is is part of the game right i mean i mean <clears throat> does it suck yeah it sucks but if it sucks and you're going to get upset about it and uh you know what i found is and this is what held me back for many years of progressing was i was always afraid to crash so when you're afraid to crash you're never going to get better it's just, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get better. So it just came to a point where like I, cause I was like that. I crashed and I'd be all upset and then damn, I got to rip this heli apart. I got to fix it. I mean, I didn't care about fixing it because I love wrenching. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, I love to wrench. So, but it was just, it was just sad. You know, you just built this helicopter and it crashed. Well now I think it's funny as hell. Like, like, I mean, like I said, I go to a fun fly and I anticipate at least two of them going in. Like, I anticipate crashing at least two of these. So, or anywhere, not just a fun fly. Even when I go out to my to my local field, when I go to my local field, like literally is right up the street from my house, I'll bring five helicopters with me, six helicopters with me, because I anticipate at least two of them going in, you know? Um, but I, like I said, I'm at the point where, I'm trying new shit and more stuff and I know I'm going to crash. Like, it's just, it's just what, you know, when is it going to happen? You know, like, honestly, I flew my crack and nitro today, <laughs> this morning when I made in it and I used every ounce of pitch and every ounce of power that 105 had because that thing was headed for the ground very, very, very quickly. <laughs> and it was to the point where I could read switch on the blades. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, that's how much collective, that's how much, I mean, I just jammed on the collective because I'm like, Oh boy, this thing's going in. Um, but I don't know. It's just, you know, I, I don't get upset anymore. I don't let it hold me back. Um, everybody is like, well, damn, if I had 50 goblins, I'd be, I wouldn't care if I crashed either. And it's, I don't really look at it that way because because I have so many of them. I mean, it, I guess it's a luxury thing that I do have so many of them, but it's still, you know, they're still my babies. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? They're still, they're still my pride and joys. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I can completely understand. You know, the um, that mental, we'll call it a divorce, but that mental break that you have to make, and it's it's why you can fly so or why I can fly so well in the simulator. And when I get out to the field, I can't do those things. Cause I'm, cause I am still mentally, you know, afraid of crashing, even though like I have the finances to repair them. It's not a, it's not a, like if I crash it, Oh God, I'll never see another one again. It's, it's a, it's a purely mental thing that, and I, and I, it's funny cause I completely understand that the second that I get over this, my, my learning rate will increase, but I, I still struggle with that. You know, like even though I have three, four of the same helicopter, um, 
I, like you said, you know, it's, it's not about the fact that you have to, some to replace them because I have some to replace the ones that I crashed and I still struggle. With that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, um, it's a huge, not a disease, but it's a huge thing to get over. Like you have to, you have to get over that. Cause if you don't get over that, man, you're just going to get held back and held back and held back, dude. It's just, and then Bert used to yell at me and Kyle used to yell at me all the time. And they used to say, cause like if I would show up to a fun fly and they were there, I used to bring like a 570, a 500, a 700 and a nitro. And he's like, dude, you need to fly one helicopter and just only one fly. So, or at least if you're going to fly two, just make sure they're set up the same way. That's another reason why all my nitros are set up the same way, because I don't want to fly one and then fly another one and have them feel different. You know what I mean? Because if I get used to one, I want to be able to get used to one, two, three, four, five, and six. You know, I just want them all to fly the same. <clears throat> and that's pretty much what I do. Like, I exclusively pretty much fly just my Goblin Nitro. Um, especially if I'm learning something new or if I'm practicing, I fly one machine and one machine only. And I stick with that machine. I'll do 80 flights in a week on that one machine of whatever I'm working on. You know, and um, for the longest time, I didn't know any of my inverted orientations. The only thing I knew was nose in inverted. Only thing I can do. I couldn't do anything else. So I went to the field, and for a week, for a week straight, I did 140 flights in six days of nothing, of nothing but inverted, inverted, um, you know, tail in hover, and nose left and nose right. That's all I did for 140 flights. So one whole tank was, you know, tail in inverted. The next tank was nose left inverted. The next tank was, you know, nose right inverted. And I did 140 flights in six days of nothing but those three orientations. By the time I was done, I can do those orientations like nothing. So, and, 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 you know, that's just what it's all about. It's a, uh, it, so now if I was 20 years old or 16 years old, it probably would have taken me like 20 flights, you know? Um, but you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. And I'll never forget it. Cause when I did that, I went over and I hovered a whole entire tank tail and inverted and kept it there. And then the next tank I was like driving it. Like I would go left, I would go right. I would go forward. I would come back and then I would make a box. And I would literally go tail in and then I would do a box inverted and I would fly in this box counterclockwise and then fly in this box clockwise. And then I would do that for like two whole tanks. Now on a Goblin Nitro, I'm getting like eight minutes. If you're hovering like that, you're getting like almost 10 minutes of flight time. Okay. So it's, so that's all I'm doing the whole entire time. Born as hell. I had my music on, I listened to music and just jamming out and doing these, uh, you know, doing all this orientation practice. By the time I was done every day, I call up Kyle Stacy on the phone, like, yo, I just did four whole tanks or six whole tanks of freaking tail and inverted, dude. I kept it in a box and I did this and I did that. And he was like, awesome, dude. You know, I was like so proud of myself when I felt so accomplished, dude. You know what I mean? And I mean, that's what it's about, dude. It's just about, like, again, putting the time in, dude, like, yeah, it's taking me longer because I'm older, you know, and I know that's why, And but I'm okay with it, you know, because I just got to work harder. 
you know? Um, and it's not like I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm going to be in this hobby until, you know, <laughs> you know, forever. So it's not like I'm going to just like say, okay, I'm done with this hobby and pack up and leave. Like that, I mean, it's just not going to happen. So that's, I mean, that's some good advice. You know, you hear from the pros all the time that, you know, learn your, learn your orientations, learn your orientations. And I think that's one thing that Javier and I at least have committed to this year is making sure that we can get those down so that when, when the explosive growth happens, we'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I skipped that in the beginning. Like I completely skipped that dude. I was doing forward flips. I was doing rolls. I was, you know, I was doing, I mean, you know, all kinds of, I was practicing hurricanes. I was practicing this and funnels. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing, dude? And I, and I'll never forget it. I was trying to do half pyro flips. So I talked to Kyle and I'm like, yo, what's the best way to approach this? And Kyle walked me through it. He was like, all right, you should do it like this, blah, blah. I was simming with Kyle one day and he's like, all right, do it like this. Okay, cool. And then, so I went out and I tried it and dude, I was inverted and I was kind of tail in, but not really at a weird, very weird angle. And dude, I, I, I lost that. I crashed the alley. Like, Cause it was at an orientation that I never saw before. And I was like, Whoa, dude, what the hell just happened to me? And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. We need to get down. All right. All right. So I know what I need to do, you know? So the next week I just spent the whole entire time going to that crazy angle that I was at. Cause I remember it. Cause I'll never forget it. Cause it made me crash. You know what I mean? So and then that's what I did. I just, I, I went to that crazy angle and I practiced that and I kept it there. And then I would literally start just doing the invert, be inverted and then just do it like a slow pero and get to all those crazy weird angles, you know? And then once you get to those crazy angles, like I would freeze it there and then stop and say, okay, well, uh, all right. Uh, okay. I know what I'm doing now. All right. I'm good. You know what I mean? But it's just, you know, like I had no business trying to do a half parallel flips and absolutely zero business trying to do these things, you know, because I wasn't ready for that, you know? I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge difference between being able to fly a specific maneuver front to begin, front to end because you've practiced it a million times and then being able to like enter and exit that maneuver at any point in time because you know your shit. Um, because like I can play some really, really complicated songs on the guitar, but it's because I've memorized them, not because I actually know the um you know the the theory behind how that song was put together and so like taking the time to put in the like uh, the way i mean javier made the um the analogy to learning um to fly is like learning a musical instrument and like putting the time to learn your quote-unquote heli theory when it comes to the basics of orientations is you know it's those building blocks that so many people just breeze on by myself included because it's boring um and yeah, that's why I see you get into a position where, hey, well, I haven't seen that before. Crash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and one time too, and I, uh, you know, this just happened just a few months ago, and I was I was practicing doing um, uh, doing rolling circles uh, counterclockwise. So I would do them as soon as I get to. So I'm now I'm going counterclockwise. So like as soon as I get to like ten, eleven o'clock. Like literally the heli is just stopped and I'm just like rolling like on its access. I'm like, well, that sucked. Like I can't, like, I can't keep the momentum going. Like I can't keep it going to come around the circle. 
And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And every time I get to that point, I was just like, literally just stop and it'd be rolling on his access. I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do, bro. You know? So I call up Kyle. I'm like, yo, I said, I'm trying to do this rolling freaking, um, you know, circuit. I said, I get to like 10, 11 o'clock, dude. And that's just, I can't like, I, I don't know how to keep driving it forward. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what do I got to do to keep it, to keep it moving? And Kyle's like, uh, he's like, I don't know. I'll call you back in like 10 minutes. I'm like, huh? And he just hangs up. I'm like, what the hell was that all about? Well, so Kyle didn't know how to tell me because he didn't know. So he was at the flying field. So he tried it. And then he called me back. He was like, oh, yo, you got to do this when you're doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, uh, like, why'd you have to call me back? He's like, because I didn't know. I had to do it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. So that's the difference between a Kyle Stacy that knows every goddamn orientation than me not knowing any of my orientations. You know what I mean? So that's the difference, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. That's, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know and that's the difference because he, like, he just does it but couldn't tell me how to do it until he did it because he doesn't know because he doesn't think about it. He just does it, you know? So, and, and for anybody listening – and anybody that's new or struggling or anything like that, I'm telling you right now, I've learned by my own mistakes, learn your orientations. It is key. Absolutely key. You have to know them. And once you know them, your flight envelope just opens up. Like, it just opens up. Like, you can, you can do more things and you can make one move flow into another move because you know all your orientations. So you don't even have to think about it. All right, man. Um, thank you so much. This was, uh, this was really, really interesting. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Oh, no problem, man. Um, so Javier, Frank, did you guys have any other questions? I think that kind of exhausted the list that we had pre um, that we had made up, but uh, was there anything else? I know, I know that we were right about the one hour and, 30 minute mark. Um, did we want to get into the news sections or uh, it's kind of up to you guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's send it. I think that um, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. So thanks Ron. I think that was a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good chat. So I think that, yeah, we can move on. Thank God. I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it time for collective planet? It is time for collective planet. All right. So, um, so around, uh, around our, um, podcasting RC heli planet first, um, I wanted to mention the, uh, the episodes of our brothers in arms, uh, first, uh, free fall RC, they had Scott Graham, uh, El Presidente, which was pretty cool. It was a very, really entertaining episode. Uh, the, uh, heli heads, they had, um, they apparently talked with, uh, aid from AQRC and, uh, they were given, you know, licenses to test out uh, RQRC and review it. So that was pretty cool. They went, I've been using RQRC for a while, and uh, there were some uh, options that I was not aware of. So um, it, was, it was pretty informative, and those guys are, are killing it. They're, they're really fun to listen to. 
Uh, the BK podcast, the latest uh, episode was Is Nitro Dead? Which, as uh, you may very well know, that was like awesome episode. But no, they, was, they said, no, Nitro is not dead. So then, then it was a bummer. But uh, Did you tune in just because was, of the episode really name? Episode Only to be day. sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 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 my thing. You're such a hater, Javier. Yes. Yes, yes, I said, oh my gosh, I mean, this is gonna be like the most awesome episode ever. But no, it, they they broke my heart. They they talked dearly about Nitro. You know what's kind of funny about that is I, I talked to Bert and Kyle before they released that. And because I'm I'm a Nitro guy, and these guys kept telling me that oh Nitro is not where it used to be. I'm like, listen. If you think about the last, before the Kraken came out and the 696 came out, before those two electric helis came out, look at the last four or five releases that came out for new helis. They were all nitros. There was the, the Alliance 700XN, the Alliance 600XN, the 556. Um, the, the Diablo uh, Nitro. The Diablo Nitro, and there was another Nitro that came out. There was like five Nitros. The, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Glogo, the, the Noxy 5 is on its way out. Yeah, so so the last, yeah, so out of the last like eight models, so including the Kraken and the 696, so including the Kraken and those, the last like eight models, there's going to be like six of them are going to be Nitros out of that. Is Nitro dead? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, Javier. I know, I know. I just had to, I just had to throw that into you. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the and then the Kraken Nitro came out, you know. So yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's really, it's it's really uh, you know, it's it's really growing. But yeah, it was like, oh, oh man, there, there, it's gonna be really good. But no. <laughs> um, then the Teleroto guys, they talked about mentoring. That was also a good episode. Those those guys, um, you know, they. I like them because they, they get either very technical or they like, uh, you know, they start to piece out uh, the, the, the topic. So that was pretty good. That was, that was also very enjoyable to listen to. Um, now uh, let's go uh, on to the news. Uh, on the news we have, of course, we've talked about the Goblin Buddy, which is the redesign of the Goblin 380, which uh, now is uh, kind of like, Many are calling it Krakenized, and I and I would agree. Um, I've seen a, a few more pictures from Heli Direct, and the canopy is actually nar narrower, um, and it looks very much like a nitro. You know, the, the, the like a Kraken, the nitro. Oh my gosh! Um, I have it's, on your, it's on your. If you started to think about it, baby, that's all. No, matters. I have. I have to. I have to. I have to go. I have to go brush my teeth. <laughs> You're thinking about it. That's all that matters. Okay? Little by little. Little by little. <laughs> it's giddy. I'm not going to lie. I am very surprised with the naming convention here because you know all of the other names are very aggressive. You know, you've got the Kraken, the Havoc, um, and the Buddy. Yes, yes, it seemed a bit odd. Yeah, I just that the that the uh, you know the the three eighty is more like a, a grab and take with you and go fly in the park kind of heli. Yeah, I agree. So I guess that's 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 kind of like why they went with uh, with Buddy with the body naming convention. Um, the also, new, also new, we have the new Trey Jetty DC-16, um, which, um, as, as you guys know, you know, the Jetty makes two types of radios. Uh, one which is, like, larger and is designed to be mounted on a tray. 
and the regular ones. So this is, you know, the trade version of this DC-16. Um, also, we have the stick mover. There was a version 2 software uh, that is 25 euro unless uh, you purchased your stick mover after October 19. In that case, you get the update for free. Um, Do you know what that update entails? Is it just new skills or is it a revamp of the actual software? I think it's a revamp of, of the actual software, yes. I think it includes new features. I didn't go through it, you know, thoroughly. But, uh, but yes, it does include uh, like new features. Um, next one is a Protos 380 Evo. Um, as you guys know, Excel Power uh, purchased all the intellectual property uh, from, uh, from MSH to keep the Protos Heli uh, line. So it seems like until now, they, um, they are, uh, you know, rehashing the Protos 380 in its Evo version. So that people that have it, you know, can buy the spares for it, basically. Uh, also, another another one that he's that has been kind of like um, very much uh, on on the cooking side for a while is the Chronos RSR, which uh, also it seems like it's uh, I don't know probably a couple of months uh, away from actual release. It almost seems like that's one of those legends that uh, never were, were going to materialize, but it seems like it's actually going to happen. Um, I think that there's actually a... I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. Really? Yes, I have wanted one of these for... I mean, I've been following the story for about a year and a half now. Um, and it seems like, you know, they would put out something, tease it, and then go months without hearing anything. And then it showed up at Rotor Live. Um, <clears throat> and then again, haven't heard anything since. So... Uh, I am I am very excited to hear that the brand's still alive. Um, so I will probably be actually picking one of those up in the future. Uh, well, I hope it's a future after a Goblin 700. Well, obviously, right? Of course. <laughs> the future's Perfect. a big place, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Got to take uh, advantage of that a... Thunder T discount until <laughs> as yes, long as I can. Yes. Yes. Hope hope you don't win it to me. I'm I'm really saving my pennies. Um, also, they have a, an upgrade kit. So for people that have an actual uh, previous uh, Compass Chronos, the previous version, there's going to be also an upgrade kit to convert it to an RSR. Um, on, uh, on other news, uh, this is old news, I know. Uh, and, and this is because I'm not on Facebook, I know. Um, I'll, I'll take that hit. Um, but uh, you know, Rich Knapp is no longer the uh, the team manager for uh, for Links uh, for Links Oxy. Um, he was kind of like uh, you know, I always associated him with you know with Oxy, kind of like you know Luca. So uh, he's been like team manager for forever. Uh, but he's uh, you know he just wants to go you know come on Joe uh, like before to just uh, enjoy the hobby differently without you know the pressures of being a team manager. So so that's cool. So uh, wish him ah, uh, there's no. Ah, there's no pressure on being a team manager. It's easy. If he asks, if he asks Bert, Bert, I mean, Bert just thinks I just sit around and do nothing all day and play with helicopters. So. <laughs> all right. Um, on another news, there's there's actually a bunch of news this time. Um, the uh, Spectrum Spectrum has released a new flyboardless unit. Um, this is kind of like uh, you know, Spectrum seems to be wanting to compete with you know the all the integration that's going on. First day came out with their um, smart batteries. Uh, then they came out with uh, their smart chargers. Then they came out with their uh, smart telemetry um, 
uh, ESCs and telemetry receivers, and now this fiberless. So uh, it, it, it seems like it's the open version of the fiberless that they're being using on their latest Fusion models. So it's the same fiberless that's flying today on the, um, I think it's the 330S and I think the Fusion 360. So like on the latest models, um, the, the, that uh, new fiberless that is in there um, is actually going to be released for like an open version to be used on any helicopter, which sounds interesting you know, to have a fully integrated system. Now they have, you know, the whole ecosystem. Um, so, you know, sounds, sounds interesting. You know, at least they're getting into the fight. So that, that's good. That's good for those guys. So uh, next on the list, this is, this is a very, you know, I have to say, this is a very personal thing for me uh, because um, when, um, you know, uh, when, when some of the clones appeared, I was very, very vocal on Helifreak. Um, against them i uh, i really i i i really uh you know i really went against everyone that was uh you know promoting uh these clones and uh i you know i'm i'm of the idea to be honest with you that um you know if a company starts you know basically doing these practices i don't care if they come up with an original idea i'm not gonna you know support them it's as simple as that. Even even if it's uh, you know an original idea or a non-cloned idea, uh, because now uh, ALCRC is coming with their 700 uh, uh, helicopters. So I definitely, you know, it's it's and again I say that you know it's very personal to me because I I'm really a, a big fan of uh, of Goblin helicopters. I really support you know being original. And uh, it's it, it's really a, a disgrace in my in my opinion that this is happening. Um, I don't know why we can't have you know uh, copyright laws that go against these guys uh, as they should. So um, I don't know. You know, I'm um, I'm I'm really upset about that to be honest with you. But you know, it is it is what it is. Um, I would just wish that there was some method to uh, you know to protect you know proper intellectual property from stopping from being cloned. So that's, that's my rant. You, I love that you guys bring that up because usually I've been the one that's been very vocal about it on the hangout and may have, I start up some shit because of clones and stuff. Actually, I have a rule on the hangout that you can't promote a clone manufacturer. That's one of the rules that I set on it. So it's always been something that I've been really relevant about. And it goes back to my profession. You know, I've had, very early into my profession, I did I did some work for a developer, and then he just copied my work a bunch of a uh, bunch of times without ever paying me for it. So it hit home, it hit very close to home to me, and I always been against anything like that. Your information, it's you know the your 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 design and all that stuff. It's very important for you to earn money from it. You know, it's the reason you work for it. It's the reason you get up in the morning. You know, this is how you make your living. And someone just come in and steal it from you. You know, I understand that not everyone wants to start off paying a bunch of money on a new, on a new airframe or, you know, a bunch of, you know, brand labeled equipment and people try to say, hey, well, you know, there's generic brands and then there's, there's expensive brands where it's like, it's not the same thing, you know, a, you know, a bread is a bread, you know, if you copy someone's recipe to the T on it and then make money off of it, yeah, that's an issue. But if you, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, it's very different when you're doing a helicopter, you know, and you take one and it's literally the exact same copy of it. 
you just change a few colors and name it something else, that becomes a huge problem, you know? And then the problem is, it's not just that, it's that the quality and the safety is not all in there. So you're going to buy something that potentially could fail you and hurt you, you know, because these people just send a big order to a factory and then they assemble it and they sell it. You know, they're not, they don't have a factory like SAB does or, you know, like some of these other brands. So I'm always very strong minded. It's funny that it's, it's funny that you run into that as well, Frank. Um, we did a, we've done more than one competition overseas where we, um, and you put a lot of upfront effort into getting the design down and whether you place or not, it's not really the issue because the project never goes through. And then two or three years later, you see construction photos of something that looks suspiciously like your design, you know, without any credit, without any credit, any credit on your part, nor any fee. So that's, that, that's happened. That's happened to us several times. Yeah. Or nothing. And that's, that's horrible, man. That's like people. It's like, Oh, it's not the same thing. I was like, man, if you're the guy doing the work and you're not getting paid for it, it's the same thing as me going to be uh, stealing your paycheck on payday. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. And it's, it's, you know, all the more magnified by the fact that our hobby is so small. So yes, rail against the clones. Sorry, Javier, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, no, that, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, I wanted to get your, your guys' opinion because yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of diverse opinions about it. You know, as I said, I was I was on you know hundreds of pages on on the Holy Freak, and and you know people say all sorts of things to defend them, and uh, it it just doesn't make sense. You know, there's there's no way. You know, it's just plain and simple something that someone put the time and effort into it, and they deserve to get paid for it. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, they it's their idea. It's uh they. You know, you don't know what they did. Maybe they had to, you know, mortgage their house to, you know, to pay for the prototypes to try to make it work. You know, you, you don't know what that guy went through to try to make their dream come true. You know, uh, they, they put in the time, they put in the effort, they put in the money and, uh, you know, they deserve to be rewarded for it, you know, because, um, you know, it's, it's theirs. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's something that you know when I saw these pop up, it, you know it it really, it's like someone you know lit a rocket under my chair, <laughs> you know it it I was really upset, so uh, oh well so well we'll we'll leave it at that uh, that's you know uh, that's that's the rant, so uh, moving on um, there's uh, you know moving on to the weekly picks and I'll get started with that and then I promise I will go quiet. <laughs> um, so uh, my weekly pick for this week is uh, the AMA podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard it. I, uh, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very, very uh, niche kind of guy. You know, I'm uh, goblin, uh, electric, and helicopters. You know, that that's all there is to me. You know, the, the hobby has become just that piece. Um, so the AMA podcast, you know. The AMA, as you guys know, you know, the vast majority of the of, of the people are are you know plane pilots or plankers as we call them. Um, so uh, you know, I I I started to listen to the to the podcast kind of like uh, okay, I'll just give it a shot. But it's been really good, you know. Even though there's a lot of yeah plane talk, uh, there's very good stories. Um, there's a part of the hobby that I hadn't seen about uh, the Moto MotoGP, which is you know a drone competition all the technology that goes into, you know, how to, and I hadn't thought about that, you know, all the technology that has to go into 
you know, how to measure these things that are sipping past and making sure that you log the correct times for the correct pilot um, all through the track. You know, it was interesting. So there's, there's good episodes there um, on, on the AMA podcast. And uh, there's even an interview of a guy that designed the uh, plane models that appear on the Aviator movie. So that was that was pretty interesting. You know, there's pretty good stories. There's a lot of good stories going around in the hobby on all types of, um, you, you know, on the different types of flight on the on the hobby. So that was that was that was cool to hear. I I like that. So um, I uh, I actually sent them um, sent them a, a message. Uh, also, well, of course, they had an an ear chat episode. Of course, that was awesome. Uh, but um, I sent them an email and, you know, this guy responded, he was awesome. And they actually mentioned uh, the whole plethora of uh, RC Heli podcasts on, on, on their podcast. So that was pretty cool. So any more weekly picks, guys? Unfortunately, I have zero picks. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, anything, just whatever jumps at you. Oh, man. No, the, um, my work has been kicking my ass lately. So, uh, yeah. I'm in the same boat, man. I just been I, I logged like 65 hours last week. Hey, Ron, you have you have to save him save me here, man. I mean, uh, what's your weekly pick? Something that 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 happened that's uh, newsworthy through the week. Newsworthy for the week. Uh, no, work's been kind of crazy this week. Let me think about what I had going on. Let's see. I only did 60 flights this week. So, um, how about the the Kraken Nitro? Kraken Nitro, yeah. Kraken Nitro was released, shipped out the dealers from BK Hobbies. Um, um, as you know from my experience, I uh, mine's all done, and I see a couple of them out there already. Frank's gonna get one soon now. Yeah, I'm being I'm being talked into it. He 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 had, he had a really good. He had the best argument. It's like, look, dude, you already have the motor for it. You already have extra needles for it. You have everything, sure of. And you already have an airframe to begin with. I was like, well, it's an electric. That's like, well, you fly a lot more nitro than you do electric. I'm like, Ron, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to, not ruin, but I'm not going to strip a perfectly good electric to make to fly nitro. I have plenty of those. And he goes, and he's like, you know what you do? You need to buy another, you need to buy another airframe. And so I, I did try, I did try, but Bart's uh, not letting me get one until uh, December. So. So there's some great things that come with being on a team, and there's some things that are not so great. So <laughs> having <laughs> having to wait sometimes, it's one of those things that you have to do. Yes. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people think that, you know, that's another thing, too, and I wish we kind of got into that a little bit more, but a lot of people think that team guys get everything for free, and that is far from the, far from the course. There's probably a very, very – there's probably less than a handful of guys in this whole entire hobby to get stuff for free. So from anybody, from any, any company, whether it's, you know, um, a fireball unit, a battery a airframe or something like that, like, you know, there's discounts, but that's it. You know, like very few people get uh, like a free ride for anything. Very few. So <clears throat> that's not, that's not what sponsorship is all about. And I hate to, dig back into it for for a second but um one of my pet peeves is people that want to be on a team for the discount anyway crack a nitro get your crack a nitro you need you to know, get funny, a crack a nitro I, it's funny i don't want to go i don't want to go into it but i remember the time when you asked me to be on the team 
And then what I think he says, like, so essentially you're going to be doing this. You're going to be getting the same things that you get already as a dealer, but you're going to have to work more. I'm like, fuck, Ron, that's not really much of a, of a sales job you're giving me here. And I, I remember, <laughs> I'm like, Ron, there's not, there's really no way of me getting out of this, is there? He's like, nope. I'm like, all right, just cool, man. Just send me the paperwork. I'll sign it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's like you're going to do it whether you like it or not or you want to or not. But, I mean, mind you, I'm not that way with people. I mean, it, Frank's different. Like, uh, Frank and I have a really great relationship. So, that's the way. I mean, that's different. But, but I highly suggest Javier and uh, Paul and I, I, Frank. I highly suggest you guys get a Nitro Kraken. Well, yeah, I... Uh... I need to delve into, into the nitro world. I was thinking the uh, next year would be my would be my uh, my foray. I, I need to get a seven. I don't actually have a seven hundred right now. Like the five seventy is the largest helicopter I have. So I was gonna get an electric seven hundred first and then move into the nitro stuff. Um, but I'm definitely thinking like next year. So that's a, that's a good that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, Ron gave me my first seven hundred uh, nitro. So. I'm a nitro head because of because of Ron. Yes, and I rem and I remember telling Frank when I sent it to him. I said, "I'm just telling you now. Once you fly this nitro, your electrics are going to be sitting on the shelf a lot more because so nitro is a love hate relationship, right? If you like to tinker and you like to troubleshoot and you like to do that stuff, then it's perfect. It's right up your alley. If you don't like to do that stuff, you don't like to tinker, you don't like to mess around. You don't like to get oily hands, then stay away from it. You know, um, my job when I, I used to be a troubleshooter. That's what I did. I troubleshot problems all day long. So for me, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You know, so plus I was a gearhead for years. I was a mechanic for years. So I mean, it was just, it was for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Although I don't think Javier shares the same enthusiasm. No. No, <laughs> I don't know. Well, when we go to Urcha this year, you're gonna fly one of mine. You're gonna fly one of my nitros. And I, you know, and and I'm pretty sure, Frank, that I'm I'm gonna like how it flies, but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna. No, but it. I'm telling you, it will change you because it doesn't. It's like it's a it's a love hate relationship. It doesn't give you what you want. You have to fly. You have to. It flies differently. You have to fly that machine. You know, you don't have the endless amount of power. You know, you don't have. You don't. But you also you don't have the float. With electric, with electric, you don't have the same float that you do with a nitro, and that right there makes for interesting, for an interesting experience, and one that could become pretty. You can get into it really. You can you can really like doing it very much, man. Especially, do you, this, do you want me to? Do you ask me? Do you actually want me to fly it? Because you're you're telling me that basically I'm gonna crash it. No, 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 no. But it isn't. You, it, dude. It, it, if it crashes, it crashes, man. It won't be the first time. It definitely won't be the last time. Well, you just you know? said it's not going to give him what he wants, and what he wants is to keep it in the air. So yeah, yeah, but but it, but it's not <laughs> like that. It's just you don't have all the power, okay? You don't have that constant power that you do with the electric, right? But you also don't have the weight of the electric, right? You have, you know, you have something that tells you, hey, you're you're pushing me too hard. Take uh, take it easy, you know, which is on the nitro. You'll hear the engine. You know, it's a different experience. It, you know, you got a noise it, maker. It's, it, it, yeah, it's either you're going to hear the engine cry or you're going to actually be able to read the print on the blades. And that's usually not a good sign. 
you kind of want to stay away from those two things when a, when you're flying a nitro. <laughs> but but the, and the, the thing it does, it makes your flying electric so much better because you just are not used to all that. You're not used to having the power. So your flying becomes more delicate, more, I want to say elegant is the word I'm using for, or you become more cognizant of the machine, you know? So when you fly your electric, it's like, oh, my God, I have power. Oh, but I also fly not so heavy thumbs. Remember, Zen and the art of helicopter maintenance. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see at Urcha. We'll see what happens. Okay. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, hey, Ron, thanks again so much for coming on the show. And um, I look forward to meeting you at one of the many events that we're all going to go to in the coming year. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. I'm more than, more than happy to come on the show and just shoot the, shoot the breeze with you guys about helicopters. That's, that's, that's what I live for. Hey, Ron, yeah, Ronald already told me that he was going to do a bunch of tech tips for us. So he's right. Hey, Frank's been promising us that for like three episodes yeah, now. So yeah, I don't know if you knew well, this. No, he Ron. did. He did. I <laughs> yes, I have. I have. So you've been volunteered. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to, um, if you want to record small segments, we can just throw them in here. That'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. That's what I was telling him. We'll do quick little segments so you can talk about certain tech tips. Like he has some really good ones on on the Goblin builds. He has a few with. Um, wire management it's really really cool so there's this there's a series of tutorials that i used to watch when i was um in design school uh called why you suck at photoshop <laughs> frank i don't know if you ever saw those yeah I, I think i did and it was just this it was just this dude berating you about why you suck so bad at photoshop and i'm thinking you know ron you could do that why do you suck so bad at nitro <laughs> yeah not not you personally but why do we yeah. suck so bad at nitro? <laughs> why you suck it's like this is why you suck at nitro episode one <laughs> it could be a perfect way to spin off <laughs> all right all right so um again thanks for listening everybody if you want to get a hold of anybody on the show um the easiest way to do that is through the podcast email which is skidsup.podcast.gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me personally um i can be found on um helifreak at tamu pino it's my username um and then how about you guys how can how can they get a get a hold of you uh well i can get uh I can I can be reached out at uh, YouTube, uh, my my uh, YouTube channel. I usually respond to all comments, um, and I try to post as um, as much as possible whenever I fly or whenever you know I do some same stuff. Uh, that's tinyurl.com/toadiescoil. I can also be reached out via PM at Helifreak. I'm also toadiescoil, and also via Instagram. Uh, I'm also toadiescoil, or you can also find me probably by Javier Moreno. And uh, finally, you can also send me a uh, direct email, toadiescoil at gmail.com. All right. So if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on the Hangout. Catch me there. All right. That's the easiest way. Uh, emails don't really use them. And Heli Freak, uh, my name is Designed by Frank. And that's about it, man. Yes. Do not send Frank an email because he will not reply. He's not going to reply in the team emails either. So, yeah. <laughs> I got to get, I got to get the, uh, <laughs> message hey check your emails from ron yes so anyway you can reach me the easiest way is facebook just send me a message on facebook uh sometimes it takes me a few a little bit to get back to you because i usually get 80 to 100 messages a day so just uh like bear with me all right okay guys well thanks for uh thanks for the conversation and we will see everyone next time